Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. One of the main benefits is that it clearly communicates to your employees and other key stakeholders, what are your values, your principles, your vision, your objectives? How do you do something within a business? So, you know, if if you had a new person joining your company, how do you actually deal with a new client? What's the first thing that you do? So it's an opportunity for you to, to put your mark in everything that you've created. If you are a business owner, for example, it enables you to create that blueprint and that ultimately helps you to provide a scalable model for growth as well. Welcome back. I hope your week's been awesome so far. Now, if you haven't heard my recent conversations with LinkedIn expert Alan Melko-Moore and with John Horn, CEO of The Stub Group, then do go check them out. Listen in. But stay here first. Listen to today's conversation before you go away. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Mel Blackmore of Blackmore's ISO Consultancy. Mel has been involved with the creation, the development and the implementation of British and international standards for over 17 years. With her passion for improving business performance through the implementation of management systems, Mel founded her first business in 2006, Blackmore's, a consultancy firm which implements and maintains management systems for clients ranging from small to medium enterprises to large blue-chip organisations. Blackmore's rapidly grew to be an award-winning leading provider of consultancy services specialising in environmental, quality and risk standards. Blackmore's now work in over 27 countries globally and have had a 100% success rate in helping clients achieve ISO certification. In our conversation today, Mel talked to me about running, systemizing and growing your business with ISO standards. We talked about enabling businesses to be more sustainable long term with ISO standards. And we talked about her membership platform to learn about systems and processes and ISO accreditation. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Mel Blackmore. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Letchworth in England, Mel Blackmore, who's the Managing Director of ISO Consultancy Blackmores. 
Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Mel. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you. Delighted to be here. It's it's an honour, Jürgen. Now, just for my interest, I'm not quite sure. I didn't look on the map. Where is Letchworth in relation to some of the um, more well-known cities and locations? Letchworth Garden City is actually the world's first garden city. And it's round about 30 miles north of London in Hertfordshire. Oh, okay. So what, what, is, what does Garden City actually mean? <laughs> well, it's actually in the early 1900s. Uh, there was actually a competition to bring country and town together. So obviously we are in close proximity to London. And uh, this sparked off uh, a movement within the arts and crafts uh, age. And, and yeah, so the, where I'm recording this, this podcast from at the moment with you is actually in a 1906 arts and crafts house, one of the originals in, in Letchworth. Oh wow! Wow, very historic area then. Yeah, so we've we've actually got you know lots of trees around, but we've got everything within walking distance. So you know, local railway station, library, everything's accessible um, within within yeah about a five to ten minute walk. And we've also got the world's first roundabout. Oh, interesting! <laughs> At the end That's of my road, of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kind of like a little country town, only an hour or so from London, probably. Yes, yeah. Mm. Fascinating. All right, now your business helps other businesses to optimise and systemise their business and to raise standards and achieve ISO certification. So I'm really interested to dig deeper into all of those aspects and, and of course, we'll explain a little bit what ISO certification is for those that may not be familiar with it. But before we start talking about all those things, what's the impact you're making in the world, Mel? Well, it's really to help businesses to raise their game uh, by implementing standards. And we are really passionate about supporting businesses to be more sustainable as well and to leave the fire to a better place. Hmm. Fascinating. And um, raising standards, so that, that brings back, so ISO is in fact a, a standard it's an international standard right so can you give an explanation of what what it entails and how it fits in business yeah sure so um iso actually stands for international standards organization and there are stand many many standards um mm. that are available but most of them are specifically uh tailored towards businesses and to helping businesses to make improvements. So one of the most popular standards globally, where several million organisations are certified to this standard, is a quality standard called ISO 9001. Now that can actually provide the foundation for running any type of business regardless of the industry. Okay, so it helps you to define what your business objectives are, what your statement is in relation to delivering high quality products and services but it also enables you to develop the operational controls so that you can systemize your way of working and continually improve what you do so that's an example of one of the most popular standards globally so many businesses adopt these standards and create the policies and procedures that they need in order to be able to meet the requirements of this standard. So standard in itself is typically a about a 20 to 30 page document 
and it has specific criteria on things that a business can do. Okay, um, and these standards are actually created by many organisations across many countries across the globe. Okay, so if we look at um, the environmental standard, uh, which is ISO 14001, uh, there were technical committees represented uh, from over 25 countries to develop that international global standard for environmental management for businesses. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. My, my first experience was with ISO 9001 in the corporate world, and essentially it involved documenting and, um, and standardising every conceivable procedure in, in the organisation, from how we did sales, from how we did business planning, from how we did marketing, from how we did um, research, how we did manufacturing. And it's a, um, for a, a company of our size to do that, it was an international company, so it was actually carried out country by country, it was still a massive undertaking and massive changes. And what one of the big benefits I saw around that, apart from all the um, having things documented and and making it really clear this is how we do this particular task or this particular activity. But it also kind of leveled the playing field across international because we were operating in an international market and opened up possibilities that you know, we could talk to other people in other businesses and in other countries and, and talk about here's how we do research or here's how we do manufacturing you know according to ISO 9001 and so all of a sudden it opens up a common language and a common understanding. Absolutely and it is adopted by many many different countries across the globe and, and as you, you're absolutely right it is a common business language so yeah. if you are in Guatemala, England, Australia if you wanted to implement an environmental management system to help your business to be more sustainable, there is one common standard, which is ISO 14001. So, uh, yeah, that's why it's held in such high regard. And an organisation can obviously not just implement the policies and procedures that are needed, but they can also achieve certification. So it's a, a badge that many organisations take a great deal of pride in. Uh, because they've been independently assessed against those specific requirements. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's um, yeah, the accreditation is kind of conditional upon meeting the, the minimum requirements. So that's how it is. That's where the standard comes from, right? It's not just, you know, documenting things, but that's the standard. So you have to meet that standard. Um, I was just going to say there is actually a lot more flexibility within the standards now compared to years ago when it was it was very prescriptive and uh, nowadays the standard makes a business look at their opportunities and their risks and then develop their systems around that. So mm. if, for example, one of your greatest risks as a business was a lack of new business coming in, then you focus on creating objectives and controls in order to be able to generate business uh, coming in. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I remember um, a time where, as we were implementing this, and, and I often heard people say, 
we can't do that anymore. And, you know, often I was in customer-facing roles, so technical service or technical support roles for customers. Oh, we can't do that role anymore. Um, customer just has to make do. And I said, no, no, that's... Our philosophy is we support the customer. Our philosophy is that, you know, we work with the customer to make our products work and to help them implement our products in their products so that they're successful. I said, ISO, you know, ISO is not supposed to stop us doing that. It's supposed to make it easier for us to do that. So how can we work around this? And explaining to people that it, it's actually a tool, it's not a, a, a jail. <laughs> yes, definitely. It, it provides you with some prompts, you know, that all businesses should adopt really. Uh, so if we're looking at opportunities, you know, it, it, it's a great exercise to look at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats within your organisation and to be able to develop better ways of working as a result of going through that exercise. And this, in, in effect, helps you to create a blueprint for your business operations. That in itself can be a great asset for any organisation. But one of the main benefits is that it clearly communicates to your employees and other key stakeholders what are your values, your principles, your vision, your objectives. How do you do something within a business? So, you know, if, if you had a new person joining your company, how do you actually deal with a new client? What's the first thing that you do? So it's an opportunity for you to, to put your mark in everything that you've created. If you are a business owner, for example, it enables you to create that blueprint and that ultimately helps you to provide a scalable model for growth as well. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a real firm believer in systems and processes and having things documented. I think it, it does exactly what you says, said um, in terms of really making it clear this is how we do specific things creates that scalable model for growth because as you bring new people on board you've got the documentation that they can follow if they're unfamiliar with how to do particular things it also the documentation can be used as training what are the benefits of taking you know that kind of approach and and saying but i'm going to do it with iso accreditation or according to iso standards well, ultimately, it's providing that guidance, that framework for you. And uh, many of our clients actually have a combination of documented procedures, but also workflows within existing systems that, that they're using and videos. So it enables you to be able to capture the how-tos within your business. Um, but many organizations don't always cover certain things like monitoring, measuring performance. So yes, you're carrying out an activity, but how do you know how effective that is? How do you know when things go wrong within your business? And it's much better to be able to have a transparent process, to be able to have clear communication channels, uh, all the way you know, from you know, senior management through to operatives within an organisation, so that everybody's clear on what their roles and responsibilities are. And by having those processes, you've got clear accountability as well across the business. So if you've got specific targets or objectives as an organisation, you have the mechanism to be able to monitor 
how successful you're being in getting there. And the, the standards just help you to provide that framework and structure on some of the key requirements. So, so let's say um, one of those standards is information security. So across Europe, it's quite often it's a prerequisite to tender for large contracts. Uh, and that's because we live in an information-rich society. We all depend on our IT systems and flows of information, regardless of the sector that you're in. So the information security standard ISO 27001 almost walks you step by step through what you need to do to be able to protect your business. Now, if you didn't have that, you'd be basically making it up as you go along. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you might have an idea about antivirus software and backing up data, but this provides you with a really comprehensive checklist on things that you could be doing. And if you do apply those principles, you are achieving best practice. And that's ultimately what clients are looking for. They are looking for you to be able to demonstrate with credibility and confidence that you're operating professionally and meeting their requirements. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, the accreditation part. So if people are familiar that ISO 14001 is the information security, um, all that the business needs to say is we are ISO 14001 accredited and they have the little logo and then everybody knows exactly what that means. So it doesn't require lengthy explanations of here's what we do to protect the data, here's how we have information security, here's what we do to make sure that when we send you an email, we're not sending you a virus in an attachment or whatever. Absolutely. So many organisations come to us because they need to get the badge. It, it is a requirement or they are being asked all of these questions uh, yeah. in tenders. And in effect, what many organisations do, both public sector and private sector, is provide a list of things that, that they're looking for that are actually aligned with standards like the information security standards. So actually by getting the standards and having the systems compliant with them makes life so much easier when it comes to applying for tenders and meeting, meeting those, uh, those needs. Yeah. And I imagine also, I mean, in Europe, there are very strict privacy laws with online data that um, that would be covered in one of the ISO standards as well. Yes, that's right. Um, so, I mean, sadly, I do know about all of these standards with my <laughs> guilty pleasure, uh, unfortunately. So, yes, there is a, a standard. Uh, 27701 actually for data privacy which fully meets the requirements of GDPR so many clients if, if they're looking to have that competitive edge when it comes to data privacy so they might be in the in the finance sector or some other mm -hmm. sector where you're processing highly confidential information by implementing data privacy standards it gives you a significant competitive edge uh, because not only can you prove it uh, through your policies, procedures and systems, but you can also have a certificate that demonstrates that and you, you get a, a logo and that sort of thing uh, that goes with that. So that you can add that to marketing collateral, uh, which could be you know website, case studies, proposals, even email signatures. Some companies have mm. their, their badge of honour, you know, detailed down in their email signature. So, yeah, so it's definitely worthwhile 
celebrating our success, you know, once you've achieved certification to some of those niche standards because they can really provide a, a USP. Mm, that's right. And one of the things I'm curious about, I guess, is, I mean, I know in large organisations, ISO is a big deal and and many large organisations are really working through all the different standards and implementing the ones that are relevant to them and, and even more because it's it certainly has all the benefits that you outlined, but is it applicable to any size organisation? Yes, it is. I'd say probably the smallest organisation we've implemented this for is a company with two employees. And in, in fact, we've, we've implemented it for a number of companies that have got less than 10 employees. But if we look at one example, there's one that, that um, I recall from, it's probably about eight years ago now. There was a chap and he, used to work for a very large facilities management organisation. So they looked after the air conditioning uh, and heating controls for businesses. And he wanted to set up his own business. But he wanted to be able to set it up so that he could then quite rapidly bring other people in to do what he knew how to do. And he could only do that by actually getting that information out of his head and creating the processes, his way of working, you know, his unique way of working in some type of manual. And he got in contact with me and said, you know, I'm looking at achieving certification to ISO 9001, the quality standard, the environmental standard, ISO 14001, and the health and safety standard, ISO 45001. And at the time, I said, are you sure you really want to <laughs> go for all three <laughs> certifications in one hit? And he said, yes, because I've, I've got ambitious plans to upscale my business uh, as, as soon as we, you know, from the get-go. And, and I know what good looks like. I know how to provide outstanding services. And I want to be able to have that framework to be able to make that happen. So I said, okay, yeah, sure, that's fine. So we did. We started from scratch, and this guy was actually working from his garage at the time. <laughs> and uh, they went on to be a multi-million-pound organisation uh, quite rapidly. Um, so they were turning over two million pounds, you know, within the first five to five years. And he said that wouldn't have been made possible had they not had that system in place hmm. uh, for running their business. And it helped them to win tenders. So it helped them to compete with the big boys. Uh, when it came to um, having the right policies and procedures in place to demonstrate that credibility and confidence. Yeah, yeah, it's a great example. And and certainly, I mean, it was a visionary approach taken by the guy as he founded it because I imagine that that would have made things really easy for him to bring new people on board, get them up to speed quickly, get them doing the things the way he wanted them done, the way he felt was was his way of doing it. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good story. So I'm curious, how did you get into ISO? Because it is a pretty specialised kind of consulting field and not something that would be the most popular thing to get into when you first start a business. Yeah, so uh, I was actually uh, doing a degree in 
Funnily enough, it was maritime leisure management, which is a bit of a deck chair oh, degree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a bit of power boating and sailing involved in there, which was it was a really fun degree to do, actually. Highly recommend it. <laughs> but I did actually do some work. And one of the modules uh, within that, within operations management, was total quality management. And there was just something about it that, you know how, I don't know if you, if you find this, Jürgen, but you just resonate with something and it, and it draws you in. And for me, that was total quality management. And yes, I hadn't heard of it before. But anyway, I ended up getting getting a job in that field and going on to do postgraduate qualifications in total quality management. And I think the thing that really interested me in it was that it could be applied to any business. And it was a way of just delivering exceptional quality services or products and uh, and it's all based on continual improvement and I think there's a lot to be learned from having continual improvement within our lives whether it's business or personal lives there are always opportunity mm. for improvement and I think that that's kind of what uh, drove me to then not just uh, establish Blackmores but also to establish two other businesses uh, that are based on standards and raising standards. So one was in the education sector. So we created an online uh, school trip system based on a standard. And the standard was actually BS8848, which is the height of Everest. And the, the reason <laughs> for that is that it's, it's a standard for organizing adventurous activities overseas and oh, right. <laughs> um, because I spent quite a bit of time traveling heading children myself it was something again I was very passionate about making you know the, the the benefits of the standard accessible to as many educational establishments as possible so so we basically took um what would have been a traditional manual and took that online so it was intuitive so teachers could take a uh, you know, their mobile phone and have a, an app with everything that they needed um, to do with that trip. Uh, dynamic risk assessments, uh, you know, contractor details like the company that they use for transportation, things like that. Um, and another company that I uh, co-founded was Standards International. So that was a certification body specifically in relation to financial services. Uh, and that was based on another ISO standard. And that was because the, up until then, standards hadn't existed within the financial services sector. So, yes, so that's a bit of my background and how mm. I've helped no. to, I guess, so change the landscape where it comes to uh, standards implementation and uh, communication around, around those standards. Hmm. Yeah, well, a couple of those examples, the um, cruise ship, uh, facility management. I mean, even just the, the everything around, you know, the cruise liner and and passenger comfort and so on. I imagine it have to be heavily regulated. There'd have to be procedural manuals galore in that, and to implement ISO there would would really standardise that and make it highly valuable. And the same is true of the adventure, the outdoor adventure programs for kids. And and the idea, you know, I thought. Wow, that's amazing. Today, you know, we can take the entire documentation in our mobile phone and have it there with us. And if something comes up and, oh, how do we do that again? And you can just do the quick search, find it immediately rather than um, wait until you get back to the office and 
dig through the files. Mm. And, you know, these standards aren't created just for the sake of it. There is always mm. a very compelling reason. There's always a purpose behind it. And if we look at VSA Tape 48, the Adventurous Activities Standard, that was actually created because, um, sadly, there was um, a parent who'd lost a child on a trip. Mm. Um, it, they actually died through um, an issue due to dehydration, severe dehydration. Mm. And this parent was asking a lot of questions, you know, well, what are educational establishments doing when it comes to risk management? Um, what controls do you have in place? And at the time, nothing existed. And so that's why a British standard was created, because this person went to BSI, the British Standards Institution. And quite often, a country will develop their own standard, and then it becomes an international standard. Hmm. And that's where you... it it, it uh, there's a compounding effect and then that's where there are certain drivers across certain industries uh, so we've definitely seen that with environmental standards in the last decade hmm. yeah well of course there's you know lots of debate going on right now we've just had cop the cop conference and um lots of debate over how do we measure emissions and what what's the target that we need to get to and all of that so having standards around all of those things and applying those standards across the board for businesses, for organisations, for governments even, um, helps helps kind of get everybody on the same page to start with, you know, let alone the politics of agreeing on what the target should be or can be. That's right. Hmm. All right. Now, I know um, a lot of your work has been in person in the, in the past and you kind of, um, had to change direction a little bit in the pandemic and you ended up um, taking a lot of the work online. So tell us a little bit about that journey and, and where that's at now. Yeah, so like many other businesses, we had to adapt when the pandemic hit. Uh, and uh, fortunately, as a consultancy firm, uh, all of our cons consultants could switch to remote working and we used MS Teams. However, at the beginning of 2020, we set out a 10-year strategy, and that was really to change the face of how ISO standards could be implemented and how they're accessible at a global level. I think what the pandemic did for us was actually helped us to fast-track that uh, by about three to four years, uh, because at the time, there was some funding available from the British government to help businesses to innovate to innovate them so that they could still have a business after the pandemic, but also to help other businesses to be more sustainable. So I basically put together a plan to bring our expertise online. And that was on a membership platform. Obviously, I hadn't done that before. <laughs> so uh, I did get a lot of help. Uh, from various experts on developing membership platforms. But we've now launched it, and that's called the Iosology Hub. But that, in effect, is a game changer within our profession uh, because, in effect, it's like a, a Netflix version of ISO standards consultancy and support and training. So you can get access to it 
Uh, obviously, I've, I've had a lot of help in developing that. So our team of consultants have been transferring training classes that we had into e-learning, into video tutorials. And also we've, we've transferred over many of our templates and tools that we've got in our toolkit uh, to help businesses. So ultimately what this does is it provides a, a DIY version if you want to implement an ISO standard, but you don't necessarily want to pay for consultant to do that for you. Uh, so it, it's, it's expanding opportunities for standards globally. Hmm. And what, what was that journey like to, um, Put that together online that uh, a lot of people would say well isn't that cutting your traditional business yeah I, th I think that's a really good point um, at the end of the day if you want to make an impact I think it's worthwhile looking at what you're going to be leaving behind and looking at that legacy and I know that by providing services on a one-to-one -one basis we're quite limited uh, in terms of how we can leverage our business hmm. and what do we leave behind when we do that yes we've worked with individual businesses but I think this will be our legacy because we'll be leaving behind all of our content all of our knowledge and expertise that we've developed over the last 15 years and we can share that with others so yes you could say well you know why do that but for us it's 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 another route to market okay it's a great way for businesses to be able to just get a flavor of what these ISO standards are about without having to commit to a consultancy project or certification. If you just want to have, I don't know, a sustainable procurement policy and they're thinking, how the heck do we do that? Or we want to know how to do a health and safety risk assessment, but they don't need to go for an ISO standard. All of that information, all those little stepping stones to achieving those standards are included within that. So. Ultimately, it's, um, it's a, I guess in some respects, you could say it's a bit like, um, you know, a Trojan horse as well in some respect, and that, mm -hmm. that individuals can try these different areas within standards and cherry pick which bits are convenient for them. But then at a later stage, they might decide to actually go for certification, which, which would be awesome if they did do that too. Hmm. So my, my understanding, and I think, um, this is based on what I've seen in the corporate world, certainly, is that, you know, if you're going to go for ISO, even if it's only just one of the standards, it really needs somebody dedicated to be the project manager for that particular activity from the time it's initiated through to achieving the accreditation. And even after that, probably at least somebody that has the responsibility even if it's only part of their job to maintain those systems and to kind of keep them up to date and refreshed because they do get audited from time to time don't they yes you do have to have somebody who is accountable and also somebody that's going to champion that project internally hmm. and what we find with many organizations is that it's useful to have a team of people if possible again these aren't going to be dedicated full-time roles to doing this but let's take sustainability many organizations now have employees that would absolutely love to get involved in making their business more sustainable and to make an impact so by having environmental champions 
they can be your eyes and ears in order to be able to make those changes actually happen. Uh, so it's not down to one person. It is definitely a team effort. And the key to success with implementing any you know, policies, procedures, changes is to get their buy-in, to get their input, uh, because then automatically they'll feel empowered to take responsibility for you know making making those changes within the business and that you know collectively can be really powerful you know by employees working in synergy together to be able to actually make change happen so i think at the moment a lot of businesses you know might be paying lip service to say quality or environmental management but this gives you that mechanism to make that change within a business hmm. okay so for for those listening who say, wow, this all sounds really fascinating and you've sold me on all the benefits, um, but where do I get started? So what, what do you say to that question? Yeah, we've actually got um, a free blueprint. Uh, so this is a, ultimately a checklist for any organisation to be able to consider the steps to achieving an ISO standard. So... It covers everything from, you know, what resources do you already have in place at the moment? You may already have some great procedures. You might have some fantastic ways of working, um, but might not necessarily be formally documented. So that's a blueprint. That's a, an ISO standards blueprint is ultimately a, a free guide to, to take you through step by step what will be involved. Hmm. Okay. And, um, where can we get? Where can we get that blueprint? Is that on your website? Yes, it is. But I'll send you the link to that as well, Jürgen, so that you can include that on your show notes if if um if you like, so it's easier Excellent. for listeners yeah. to uh, just get access to that. Wonderful. We'll do that. All right. Well, I think we've got a really good flavour of ISO, and uh, I mean, I know from personal experience there is a lot of work involved in that. So I, I really applaud you having put together the membership program and, and access to all of that information because I think that could be a really helpful for people to just get a flavor of it and, and maybe maybe there are people or businesses that have the resources that with that with that tool or with that membership uh, portal they can implement it themselves but um, then others might just get a flavor and and engage you or other experts to bring in and um, come in and help implement ISO but then they keep the access to the membership to just keep up to date and refreshed so I think that's a, a great way to do it. Thank you yeah and I think that uh, you know in terms of access to the ISOlogy hub it's, it's not just about ISO standards uh, there are lots of video tutorials in there for quick wins so if you wanted to mm -hmm. learn how to set up Loom so that you can actually record videos for meetings to save time, yeah. improve efficiency, and even, you know, record a how-to guide on how to do some things. It could be how to record a new opportunity in your CRM, for example. Uh, so uh, there's lots of different quick wins in there just to, to help businesses to, to raise their standards and be more productive, profitable, and sustainable. Hmm. Yeah. And, and those are really great tips. I mean, I'd, um, I go back to um, my friend David Jennings, who is the founder of System Hub. So he's a, a system geek, and uh, he 
said to me very early on when I was running my business, uh, and I, I was very strong on processes always, so I, um, you know, we kind of got on really well. But one of the things he said to me was, just record yourself doing stuff on video and screen record and then give it to somebody else to write up the process. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. You know, so record everything you do as a small business and over a short space of time, whilst you're doing those things, you've actually got the first level of documentation for everything in the business. Absolutely. That, and that's, uh, that's the way that many of our clients operate now. And you can attach that little video to wherever that workspace is. So we use Monday.com for a lot of our projects. And so there will be a how-to Loom video on how to actually complete that activity within Monday.com. So yeah, I think people relate to not just audio, but visual and written information so it's good to have a, a blend of that and to you know and whatever works for your company culture as well and you know how you want to communicate your your messages hmm. all right fantastic thanks mel i think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz so we switch gears a little bit and it's the uh, same five questions i ask of every guest and the idea is that you'll inspire the listener to go and take some action and do something awesome today as a result of what they've heard ready Yes, far away. <laughs> okay, what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? To be more innovative, I would definitely say just take a step back and look at how things could be done differently and how you could make them effortless because quite often that means that you eliminate certain things but you also inspire changes that you may not have considered previously. So, yeah, that, that would be my... I tip there. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I love the um, idea of how can I make this effortless um, for me or and for other people? Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? I think, uh, obviously, the Isology Hub is something that mm. is, is something I'm really proud of uh, to make a difference. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> um, so that sounds like it sounds like you that was an idea that was kind of on the to-do list and then um covid more or less forced you to okay we've got to get this done now because we've been prevented from doing a lot of the other um business as usual things yeah and i i think that you know for for me uh one of the driving factors as well, it, it, it's, it's not just about leveraging what we do to a wider audience. It, it's also about being able to maximize the opportunity to make businesses more sustainable. So mm. We are facing a climate emergency right now. You know, the, the, the science has been done for decades now. We, we know what needs to be done, but businesses just need to get on and do it. <laughs> so mm. by creating the Isology Hub, we've you know, fast tracked our plans to take our services online by a couple of years, and hopefully we can inspire and help more businesses uh, to be more environmentally friendly. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And one of the things um, I had to laugh there because I'm thinking of all the documentation we had when we implemented that ISO 9001 many years ago. I think we started doing that. Um, the internet might have been around then, but it was probably sort of touch and go whether it was or not. 
Um, and I remember there were reams and reams of folders and paper, so there would have been many trees suffered as a result. Yes, um, thankfully those days are long gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, now do you have a favourite resource you use most often? Well, I'd say podcasts are definitely something that uh, mm. I uh, I absorb podcasts, you know, from for, for, for inspiration, uh, you know, motivation, ideas. You know, you've had some fantastic guests on Yogan that I've listened to quite often when I'm in the gym. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that I'd say that. And, and also, I think more recently this year is probably the introduction of using Loom and Monday.com as tools within our business that has, has made quite, quite a difference, really, in terms of our productivity. It's also helped in, improve communication uh, and helps us to be able to monitor and measure what we do more effectively as well from Monday.com. Uh, from the, the systems mm. point of view. Okay, so and, and just to clarify for those that may not be familiar with it, so Loom is is a tool where you can quickly record video on your webcam, you can do screen recordings, and I think you can probably turn off the webcam and just do audio recordings as well, although I, um, I think then those kind of tools are less suited to pure audio recordings than um, than they are for video and screen recordings and, and they're just magic. And Monday.com is a project management type system. It is, yeah. And uh, we've we've used it uh, to create our own CRM. So we did have a, a CRM that we've used for many mm. years. Now we've, we've designed our own in Monday.com. Uh, we manage all of our things like HR activities as well, you know, logging, holiday requests, uh, planning, uh, as, as well as obviously the projects that we, we work on with our clients and we can share access to the status of those projects with our clients as well by um, monday.com. Mm, that's fascinating. So you've kind of turned it into a full business management system. Yeah, we've pretty much eradicated Excel spreadsheets mm. as a result of that. So before we, we would have Excel spreadsheets for all sorts of different things and now I can't think of one that we have in the business. Yeah. Great. Okay. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track as you work with them to implement an ISO standard? I think it's always best to have a very clear plan, uh, to have a, an end goal and work back from that end goal uh, and to, to get other people involved as well, make them part of that journey and then celebrate success, you know, at the end of it. So you want to keep the momentum going and that's just through really effective communications and, uh, you know, monitoring measuring progress as well as you uh, as you embark on your journey to to achieving an iso standard hmm. yeah i like the like the starting with the end in mind working backwards and then kind of um i always find that's a lot easier than start at the beginning say okay i know what the first step is and then, okay, what comes next? And it's kind of, you often get lost. That's right. And then that, you know, you could you could still be doing it two years from now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. starting with that end goal and, uh, and working back and identifying what your key milestones are and what resources you need to in order to be able to make it happen. And, and don't be frightened to ask for help. You know, people are more than willing to mm. help generally if it's for good cause. Yeah, that's great. All right. And finally, the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves. I'd say just taking a step back again and just looking at what your 
unique abilities are and just again to think differently again about making things effortless and quite often out of that you can find ways of being able to differentiate your offering hmm. yeah that's that's great advice and um, I was having a conversation the other day actually I've had this conversation a few times recently in we often take for granted the things that we're really good at because they come so naturally to us and we don't have to think about them and I've had this experience a few times where somebody would be standing next to me and I'm doing something on the computer and and they'd say hey stop how did you do that that's amazing and I said well, what what do you mean yeah I just sort of did something no oh, that's amazing can you teach me how to do that and you so to reflect back on some of those things because it is that you know I can make this effortless for you but we have to kind of be conscious of some of those things we do that are so effortless for us that we take them for granted absolutely and and if, if you look at you know the all the different tools and techniques that we've developed over the last 15 years we've now refined those to make them effortless and then make them available in the iSology hub mm. to make it more effortless for others <laughs> to be able to actually implement and uh, and, and, and make use of yeah i love it excellent all right. Well, thanks, Mel. This has been absolutely fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, um, find out about the Isology Hub, and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Yeah, thank you, Jürgen. Um, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure being here today. If, if anybody would like to find out a bit more about uh, standards and services, more than happy to, you know, to share our knowledge with you over telephone call or email or, or Teams, Teams meeting. Um, there's information readily available on the Blackmores website, so that's blackmoresuk.com. Uh, there's also a, a behind the scenes video in the Iosology Hub, so again, that's iosologyhub.com. And obviously, you can reach out to me via LinkedIn as well, so um, you're more than happy to, to have a chat via LinkedIn and uh, answer any questions at all on ISO standards. Excellent. So we'll include those links in the show notes along with the link to the um, audit or checklist that document that you mentioned earlier all right do you have some parting advice for our listener today mel i'd say yeah just just look at what your key strengths are as an organization and try and capture those as your own unique blueprint uh, as an organization and uh, that will then help you to be able to scale up and be able to share your message and uh, yeah hopefully uh, send a a positive message to to all your key stakeholders about how you operate as a business and uh, yeah, be proud of that and be proud of your achievements uh, once you've managed to capture that and uh, and demonstrate best practice within your own field of work mm. yeah that's fabulous advice and and i think we probably should take more time to reflect on some of our successes and strengths and celebrate those and we tend to spend more time beating ourselves up for things that we've done wrong or mistakes that we've made exactly i mean if you just take a, a look back in your diary you know of the last month and everything that you've achieved and then look back obviously we're coming up to the end of the year looking back at what you've achieved this year and uh, i think you know many of us are, are busy getting on with the day-to-day -day activities and we don't always 
look back and and think about you know how grateful we are for doing what we're doing um and uh yeah give thanks for that but but also reflect on on how far you've come as well uh, as an individual and uh, whether you're you know a business owner or a manager within an organization that uh yeah you it, it's you know be proud of what you've achieved hmm. okay and finally mel who else should i get on the show and why well, it's actually a chap that has been really influential in my life over the last six months or so, and that's a, a guy called Matt Garman. He's an author on uh, a book uh, which is all about um, developing your business, and I think he would be an interesting guest for you. He's got an interesting background, an interesting story, and he's certainly helping Blackmore, he's helping our business to take a step back, uh, look at what we're doing well, but also looking at where the gaps are uh, from a sales and marketing perspective. Uh, so he's helped us to write our own sales playbook. Uh, he's got lots of hints and tips for developing people within your organisation to be able to spread your message uh, in terms of you know what you excel in and uh, you know what your USP is what differentiates you from others in the marketplace. So, so yeah, Matt Garman is a person that's uh, that's assisted with that. So he would be an interesting guest for you. Excellent. Well, we'll um, get an introduction to Matt from you and reach out to him to bring him on the show as well. So yeah, for that. sure. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us today and walking us through the intricacies of ISO standards and, and all the benefits that it can bring about and sharing those stories with us. I really appreciate it. I've learned quite a bit today as well. And, you know, there's lots of little tips there. For example, taking videos of things that we do, um, getting that checklist to see whether there are some first steps you can take towards um, considering an ISO accreditation, but certainly putting systems and processes in place in any business. Um, that uh, can only benefit the business, even if you don't take the step of accreditation. So thanks for that. All the best for the future and let's stay in touch. Thank you very much, Jürgen. It, it's been an honour and a pleasure to speak with you today. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really engaging conversation with Mel and took something away from her episode. I loved the story of Mel's business transition to develop the online membership platform and her use of video and templates to enhance that experience, to make what might on the surface of it be a very dry topic, something that's really interesting, the training platform and membership platform be really engaging and helpful to clients. I'd love to know what you took away from Mel's episode. Tell me in the comments below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Mel Blackmore. That is M-E-L-B-L-A-C-K-M-O-R-E. All lowercase or one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Mel Blackmore. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Mel, as well as links to the Blackmore's website, to Mel's social media pages, and to the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. 
Mel suggested that we have a conversation with Matt Garman, author of Learning the Ropes, on a future Innova Buzz podcast episode. So Matt, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Mel Blackmore. I'd really love it if you leave a review on this episode because that really helps us understand why you listen and what you like most about the podcast. It also helps us make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform for leaving reviews. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including strategic storytelling coach and the author of The Sea We Swim In and The Art of Immersion, Frank Rose, and women's empowerment coach, Kelly Rattany. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.